processes. Not the people, but the process. This is William Eastman, the managing partner of Between a process and an SOP. Processes and procedures each include step-by-step instructions to hear you, to help you to correctly perform a specific task. Now, when we look at our processes, this usually works at a higher level, while the standard operating procedures, you know, they take the elements of a high-level process and adds more details, specific assignments, and workflows to conform with the company or industry standards. You may only need a process when you need your stakeholders to know something, but we must ensure they have the desired outcome. Many people do not think about developing a process for a process and procedure flow. Think about it. If you do not have a process for your employees to follow, how will they know each step to take? You do not need an SOP or a program for a drum machine because there are too many variables. There are no standard drum sounds that you have to use to create a beat. All you need is a step-by-step process describing how to select the time, signature, a tempo, and the specific sounds you want to use and how to arrange those sounds in a pattern that sounds good to you. The basic process leaves it up to you to unleash your own creativity. Now let's think about the SOP. Describe what you need to happen for the outcome. In addition, you would include more specific steps, more detailed steps, and information such as who, when, and where. So describing what needs to happen in a few, re- a few reasons why to ensure compliance standards are met, to maximize production requirements. What about to ensure the procedures has, have no, no adverse impact on the environment, to ensure safety, to adhere to a schedule, to prevent manufacturing failures. That is a big one. And also to be used for training. Describe what needs to happen. Here are some few reasons for that. To ensure compliance standards. Now, when I talked about the federal system being in cyber, you know, we we need to be compliant, right? So for compliance, you need to ensure that you have adequate processes and SOPs to go along with those. What is going to happen if you map out your processes, you know, they're nice and pretty like, but they cross boundaries. You have an SOP for your information, but have you found out if anybody else had their SOPs in line? As a leader, we must ensure that we are compliance across the board that the entire business, our organization knows what to do and we don't have any gaps. And then we also discuss safety. 
what would happen if you didn't have your SOPs in line? The employees didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to do it. Is that the type of business you want to run to where your, your employees are just like all over the place? They're in chaos. You know, I think about the military when I think about, you know, standard procedures and processes. Because with the Army, you have to ensure that you're in line. That everybody is dressed right dress. That's the lingo in, you know, the military world. And if they didn't know this, they didn't know what to do. Man, over in war situations, you can imagine what would happen. People running all over the place wouldn't know. So, yes, they do have SOPs in the military also, not just a small business. And I know SOPs can be overwhelming, but you need to know that they're very important. It is crucial that you have SOPs. And like I told you before, I started a nonprofit. It didn't ensure that had all of my processes in place and with the SOPs. So we are actually creating them now. But imagine had I had all of my ducks in a row, knowing what I knew, but it was just too lazy to do it. Have you ever been in that situation to where you're like, nah, I can do it later? No, you can't. So when you get off the call today, I want you to sit down and look at all your processes and see the gaps that you have and the SOPs that you need to write. And sometimes SOPs require release notes. You know, which information should be included? It might be bug fixes, new features, known issues. What about which information shouldn't be included? Fixes or improvements that are not customer facing. Now, we do have internal and external SOPs, so you need to determine which ones will you be writing. Who collects the information? The writer, product manager, testers? In which format will you use? HTML, PDF? We're gonna go over some of this later on in the episode. And how the review cycle works. When the document is sent to review, who reviews the document? How much time to review? How much time to implement edits? Who needs to approve the document? Whether it be team leads, production owners, senior managers. So that's another thing. A lot of people create their processes without even understanding a lot of details that go with it. And you must be ready. So regardless of your business or industry, all well-defined SOPs provide steps that will help your employees understand how to perform routine jobs safely in compliance with regulations and consistently, consistently no matter who completes a task. There is no official standard operating procedure document that would teach you how to write an SOP. So we're going to go over some of the steps to assist you with that because there is no right or wrong. As long as you address what's needed for the employees, you should be fine. Depending on if you need to comply with regula regulatory guidance, you know, following the um, ISO requirements. 
And the first step we got to have is let's begin with the end in mind. What does that mean? Define what the end result or the goal is for the SOP you're writing. An example of this is if you are writing a document that describes the procedures for closing a restaurant each night, the goal is to secure the building until the prep staff arrives in the morning. This step does not include details such as cleaning the floors or alarming alarm systems. You simply want to identify what the procedure will accomplish. All organizations have processes and procedures that are repeated daily, weekly, and even monthly. As you define your goals, ask whether an SOP document is needed for that particular goal or see if an SOP has already been created to accomplish the goal. And maybe you just need to review it and looks for, looks for ways to improve it. Ask yourself if there's a specific reason why this goal should be accomplished by a standard SOP. When you know what you want your SOP to accomplish, it's much easier to write an outline and define the details. I'm gonna talk about a few formats. Chances are that your company already has some SOP documentation that has been written for other procedures in the past. You can simply refer to these documents as templates for, um, for preferred formatting guidelines. Now let's talk about the simple step format. It's short, easy, and it's to the point. Just a few simple bullets and our bulleted information that's short, your simple sentences, it's clear, and it's easy for the reader to follow. Okay, I'm gonna stress that particular point. Easy and the reader can follow. It is nothing more frustrating than an employee having to read and over an SOP and cannot understand it. If they can't understand it, how are they gonna follow it? So you can write these educational level or lawyer level SOPs, but if it's not, I don't want mean to say, if it's not dummy down to an average user can read it and understand it, it serves no purpose for your organization. And let's talk about the, um, the hierarchy steps. That format, the procedures have a lot of steps that involve some decisions. You may want to use this format. This is usually a bulleted or numbered list of main steps followed by a set of specific sub-steps. So this one's a little bit longer than the, the simple format. And then you have the flowchart format. You may want to use the flowchart to map out and plan procedures that include many possible outcomes. This is a good choice when the results are always predictable. And before we end this segment, we're gonna talk about teaming up, which this episode is Team Up and Thrive. So when you're teaming up, this means ask for input. 
You don't want to write the SOPs alone. Because what would happen if you miss something? So you, you spent hours and hours and hours creating this document. But it has to be thrown in the shredder. Or you have to start over. Look how many hours that you spent. Calculate that. Calculate the hours that you spent drafting that SOP and your hourly income and see how much time and money you have wasted. You have caused your business. So don't try and do it alone. You know, have fun with it. You could always, hey, hold a meeting. You know, have some snacks, drinks. Hey, even have it during lunch and just go over some of the bullet points that you're you're thinking about using. Teamwork is so crucial to the success of every business. When it comes to the small business, we must develop teams or even contract out some of the some of the work. If you're not a SME in an area, don't try and do it. You know, we're we're teaching you how to do an SOP, but if you know that writing is not your strong point and you have no one in there that can help you, then I suggest contracting this portion out. And there are also samples out there that you can, you know, you can use Google. Google is your friend. (laughs) So there are a lot of firms that actually do this for a living. They write people's documentation and they will help you too. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be discussing more about the importance of the SOPs and how to get you started. And join us. Become a member of our Insiders Network by going to our website and clicking the Join Us link and connect and interact with us on social media, Facebook, IG, LinkedIn, and Twitter, IBGR Network. You have been listening to the show episode D3.004. SOPs are available for all processes. IBGR and I am Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley. We'll be back shortly. Media and station director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United States.